The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. Welcome to Nightlight Radio. The Nightlight is the Lathe Bible Fellowship's late night biblical counseling program. For the next hour, you can call in, text, or message. Email us at counseling at abfpdx.org. You can video chat us over Facebook Messenger. Our phone number is 971-208-5290. Our chat profiles are in the link, and we're here to have relevant and biblical problem-solving conversations about the difficult issues that nobody prefers to talk about. So, if you or someone you know needs help, talk to us. The camera will be on for the next hour. I am Pastor Josh with ABF's Chaplains in Training. Jacob Browning. And Justine. And hiding in the control booth is also producer Jasmine. So uh, let's go ahead and do this again. Phone number 971-208-5290. Or you can email us or even uh, call one of our chat profiles. Um, <clears throat> tonight, we are going to be talking about something that is a pretty big deal. Um, not that any of these topics haven't been... Um, you know, in the past, if I can pull up my my notes here, um, <clears throat> but we're going to be talking about the subject of tech addiction, um, or some some might call it screen screen addiction, um, uh, and it's a topic that kind of refers to a lot of things. It refers to everything from your phone, which I think is where the majority of people are going to. Um, connect to it on or maybe don't realize that it's affecting them um, to the things that you do on your phone. So it can be gaming. I guess it's not just limited to your phone, but it's, you know, your phone or a computer screen, a tablet, um, TV. Uh, So it can be gaming. It can be binge watching movies. You know, uh, it can be, what are some other things, guys? (laughs) Drawing a blank, but I'm sure there's, Many other things. Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. So, I mean, it can, it can be a ton of things. I'm sure you guys know what we're talking about. A lot of people um, have this problem to the point where it is becoming something that um, in the secular world they're talking about as an actual health crisis. And uh, we should be talking about it as Christians, too. So let's go ahead and um, – well, let's go ahead and – define the problem so uh you want to you want to start off on that yeah so technology addiction has uh been defined as frequent and obsessive technology related behavior increasingly practiced despite negative consequences to the user of the technology um that's a hazelden betty ford um definition um basically it can uh become a source of dependence and um in our modern world uh if you are left without your phone you can either feel annoyed um or even isolated or extremely anxious and depressed um and those are some of the signs that can um you know sort of show a red flag of being addicted to technology yeah it's something that um we just it's this phenomenon 
where there's like an obsession, basically, an obsession with sort of overusing um, these things. Uh, you see it a lot specifically with gamers. That's like a like a really big deal uh, as if that world is their main world to the point where they're spending, you know, uh, a lot, a lot of time, you know, eight hours a day or even like 10 to 12 hours on the weekend um, in in that world. And I don't even know what the stats would be for young people on their phones, um, but I know yeah. when you take them away, it's 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 a it's a big deal. Um, well, even some some parents give their young uh, boys and girls their own little mini like leapfrog tablets keep right. in the car, right, just right, to keep right. them busy. Well, and they have the screens set up on new cars, um, you know, that are like installed in the back so that the kids can just sort of be you know glued to it or inundated with something like that at a young age so um what let's let's go ahead and define like what basically causes tech addiction according to you know the secular the secular world out there does anybody want to hit that up in our notes yeah there was a man named dr lorenz who uh showed that the screen uh, releases a dopamine in the brain that negatively affects um, our impulse control and that this screen time uh, specifically affects our frontal cortex, which is the same uh, area in our brain that cocaine stimulates. And so this technology, if left without it, will uh, kind of be um, equal to um, feeling that i don't know what it's called like when you high yeah that sort of euphoria right 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 and that's so let's let's be clear like dopamine is something that is normally released like your brain does it when you know when anything that's stimulating happens so this isn't to say that technology is bad because it stimulates the brain it's to say hey you should notice that there's a correlation here between uh, what can make somebody addicted and technology. In other words, technology has the same opportunities to do that. However, it should also be noted that um, screen-based technology also has, uh, through things like social media and so on and so forth, has built-in um, mechanisms that keep you coming back. Mm -hmm. And so in that vein, it's very much like a drug dealer um, in, in a real sense of like always trying to keep you high, always trying to keep you coming back. There was a, a documentary on Netflix um, called The Social Dilemma. And uh, they talk a little bit about that in the, in the Social Dilemma. They talk about how they had like the engineers from Facebook, for instance. And you can, you can ironically, you can look this up on Netflix and watch it. Um, <laughs> But um, they had like like the engineer for the Facebook like button, for instance, and um, they talk about like the negative, the unforeseen negative effects of um, sort of giving you a hit off mm. uh, off the the drug of hitting the like button. Right. Um, but what that does is it creates this sort of like feedback loop in a person where they constantly have to hit that up for more and more and more and more. And that encourages 
uh, addiction, like in a, in a neurological sense that encourages addiction. Um, and that's particularly interesting considering the age group that social media tends to, um, see, I want to be careful in saying target, but it seems like the right word. Uh, well, let's just say that there's a specific age group that uses social media, uh, frequently. More like, frequently than other age groups. Right. So yeah. maybe not Facebook, but, you know, like TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat and yeah. all of these, you know, hipper um, <laughs> uh, social media outlets, platforms. Um, th- that's, a spe- that's a very specific age group. And there's they're beginning to see things. Jake was just telling me about, uh, what was it? Was it Snapchat? Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Was it Snapchat dysphoria? Uh, yeah. Snapchat dysphoria. Yeah. Tell, why don't you tell them about so that? So it's basically when uh, somebody who is using Snapchat uses a filter to make them look a specific way, and then they go out of their way to get uh, some sort of plastic surgery on their face so that they can um, make their own natural face look like that filter. Look like a filter. Yep. Yeah. I just was reading an article about... I don't know, one of those Kardashians. But the article was actually about uh, photography and copyright. But what was interesting about it was her... And I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. I can't remember which one it is. Um, it's not the Kanye West one. It starts with a K. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but her assistant accidentally sent out a, pho- a photograph of her without it being airbrushed. Mm-hmm. And so she's like really trying to get it back, uh, you know, trying to put the toothpaste back in the bottle. And uh, it's, it's kind of a big deal. And like, there's like a cease and desist or something of that nature, you know, like it, as people are reposting it, um, everybody ha- is having to take it down and there's this whole thing. Um, but yeah, there's really, whoa, do we lose a uh, sound or something? All of a sudden we lost sound in the, in the studio. Nope. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's something, um, there's something to that. There's this control that, Mm -hmm. that is happening where people, uh, are really trying to control their image, um, to the point where people are now beginning to develop a a type of body dysphoria um, about it. It's pretty scary because, not only do you go through withdrawals when you're without your phone, but then if you don't get the likes or the acceptance that you want, um, it's kind of like you're going through loss. Um, and so on one end, you get this dependency on not a substance, but a device. And then on the other hand, you gain these feelings towards that device that amount to losing a loved one when you're without it. Right. So, um, when we talk about so when we're talking about that specifically what we're seeing is that teenagers are very specifically um, vulnerable to the to the effect of that sorry we're getting like like all of a sudden we can't hear ourselves in the studio um but hey if you can hear us at home i guess it's okay uh producer jasmine says we're fine out there so okay um anyway so uh, teenagers in specific are, are becoming like, are like really vulnerable targets 
to that. And that's kind of a, a really difficult thing that it seems like a lot of teenagers are dealing with. Um, and that's why we really wanted to talk about it because there's, there's definite effects on how technology is, um, there's, there's definite effects on the culture, mm -hmm. uh, for how technology is affecting people. And this, uh, is beyond even the, the confines of the secular world, but goes into the church too and how our young people are using technology. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and we're seeing that. We're seeing those type of dysphoric um, thought processes even amongst young people in the church, you know. Uh, maybe it takes on a different form where somebody's like, I don't know, posts like a uber-Christian comment and wants likes. Um, but the same thing is, is true. It's, it's, it, it doesn't matter what your belief is. It's, this is a mechanism issue. So, in any case... Um, yeah. The reason why we're so susceptible to that is because technology uh, kind of hits, well, the screens anyway, kind of hit like a, a lot of areas for, uh, for how humans need to interact. So like humans need stimulation, they need interaction, they need changes in environment, and all of those things help humans to function better. Well, when you have it at such, with such accessibility and with such efficiency where you can literally turn on a device and talk to somebody immediately or turn on a device and see what's going on with somebody, you know, across the world um, or, you know, watch the TV and see the news, like things that we kind of take for granted, um, it is easy to replace the real world, uh, meaning the world that we... Um, that is physically available to us without uh, help, we'll put it that way, for what's happening in a screen or, or in a box. And I'm reminded of <coughs> um, conversations with Sophia, who's now eight, but I remember having conversations with her when it became apparent to me that she didn't understand whether something was happening live or whether it was something that was recorded. Because, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have such a thing as live um, let alone, uh, I mean, there was live TV, but we didn't have like live person to person devices, let alone a screen on our phones, let alone phones that weren't attached to walls. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I'm only 40. So, uh, <clears throat> I remember having to explain to her that just because you see something on the screen doesn't mean that it's real, but that is a real person. And that is really happening right now. And that, that's a really uh, complex concept. It's scary. So um, there's a lot of discernment that needs to take place in terms of um, in terms of technology. A lot of hoops that people need to j to jump through. But the but it's undeniable how it affects our lives through um, efficiency. And with teenagers specifically, when they experience stress. Um, it's like it's it makes sense that it is the go to, you know, because they can just they can jump to like if you break up with somebody, you know, like it's it's easy for you then to, you know, post a 
I don't know, a post of some sort and then make up for how bad you're feeling with little shots of dopamine from the likes that you, you put down. Right. So I don't know if you, if either of you guys want, Justine's been real quiet over here. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that at all. Like what's your experience with getting the dopamine hits? Um, personally, um, when I post on social media, I usually use Instagram. And so a lot of the times I'll post my art on there. Mm. Um, and uh, I always do, I do like when people um, react to it, um, but it also um, isn't really the biggest priority for me. So I don't really post all the time. And there's even some times where I don't post my art, but um, yeah, it, it feels good for sure to um, be encouraged in that way. Do you use social media? Not really. I'm like, I don't know, I guess a little bit older. Like I kind of missed that generation right? a little bit, like just by a hair, I'd say. Um, and so I only have Facebook and I don't really post on there. I actually like have anxiety about posting on there. Like I don't like to. Right. So I'm kind of the other side of it. Um, I used to have Instagram, but then someone somehow posted on my Instagram. And so I oh, just, you got hacked. Yeah. I just deleted it. I was like, okay, well <laughs> that's annoying. So then I just deleted my Instagram. Um, but I mean, as far as like, it, like teenagers in my life, or young kids in my life that I've like seen grow up in this technology boom. Like for me, the first thing was MySpace, mm-hmm. and uh, then yes. it went MySpace. to, <laughs> and then it went to Facebook, and then all of a sudden it was just like boom. There's like so many different ways, and I feel like yeah, like that coupled with the iPhone, I think just yeah, blew it up, and yeah, it was like hard for me to keep track of it or understand like why there's so many and um then just um yeah just seeing teenagers that are in my life or like younger people and it seems like all those things because i have like looked at those apps and like experienced them but just everything is getting faster right and there's more ways to like to have likes or to have people following you or Um, I think Snapchat is the one that has like the streaks. Like if you message a friend every day, then you get points for that. And the teenagers or older people, whoever it is, they don't want to lose their streak with that person. So that can be really addicting. Um, Oh yeah. So it's just been crazy for me to see the transformation so quickly. And um, yeah, so I guess for me, it's like trying not to be, afraid of it in a sense because that also can be not the best way to deal with it right and then also keeping up with it so that i do know how to relate to um the kids that i'm like influencing and like being around so i know how to like so i know what's going on (laughs) right and know how to help them or talk about it i know every time i turn around there's some sort of new thing that is like nuanced in nature. Like I remember when it was like, you know, you had your websites and then all of a sudden they had blogs and then all of a sudden they had Tumblr. 
Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they had Tumblr. They had Twitter, which was just a bigger Tumblr. Mm-hmm. No, a smaller Tumblr. And then Twitter went up in characters. And then Tumblr became not a thing. It kind of went the way of MySpace. And then they started doing like Instagram, which is just a toned down Facebook. And MySpace was just essentially like... A website almost. Well, it was it was a toned down... Or was a toned up Facebook? Like you could do so much more yeah. with MySpace than you yeah, MySpace. Facebook. Awesome. And I just every time I turn around, there's something you know uh, that it's like, well, this you can do videos for a minute here, but here you can do videos for only ten seconds. I'm just like, and then they disappear. Why don't you just do them only for ten seconds? Then I don't know. I'm. I guess I'm <laughs> We're too really old. aging ourselves. Yeah, here. <laughs> I guess I'm too old. So I have to have these things explained to me sometimes. Um, but the point is, is that the point is, is that people use technology for all sorts of different reasons, and because of its efficiency, it um, makes it like desirable. You know, it makes it accessible in that vein, and they use it for everything from boredom to being able to connect socially with people, um, even their careers. Yep, exactly. And and then, you know, an escape from reality. And we just yeah. we can't really escape technology in this day and age. Um you you kind of you kind of reasonably need it. Um which is where the real dilemma comes in because it is so because of how it is and how accessible it is and the the dopamine hits that come from from it which is measurable and we've been able to see that that's the case. Um, which is why even the secular world like has these constraints on it. Like they don't want you to, you know, let a uh, child like six months or younger um, be able to look at a screen, um, and that it should only be like for interactive play when it's like six months to two years old. You know, yet all of us, I think, have seen those parents who, when their child won't be quiet, they just put their child in front of a screen, um, and. So yeah, what are we doing when we're doing that is we're teaching these children to, um, well, basically be addicted. Escape yeah, reality. Yeah, it's okay to, to put a worldly substance in front of them to escape things that are hard. Right. So um, that's what is going to, that's what's going to happen. And um, I think we're going to see a lot more of the consequences of that mentality for um, dealing with with technology in such a flippant way and not realizing it. It's very much, very much like a drug that is being abused, um, and people saying, "Well, it's okay. You know, it makes life better. It's a prescription uh, to make life better." And it's like, mm, okay, but it it actually has problems and. We're going to see a lot more um, disorders in regard to attention and so on and so forth. And they've already been, they've already started to find the effects of these things. Like, like I mentioned earlier, there's that social dilemma movie where they talked about the like button and um, what it does. Um, there's the Snapchat dysphoria, like we talked about. Um, there is, what is it, the sociometer? Yeah. Where is that? You want to talk about that? So basically that is a theory that uh, describes how you um, how your brain um, 
I guess it uh, thinks of how your acceptance is, your clout. So right. uh, you would post something, and then if you don't get a lot of likes, then you're going to change your character so that you gain more likes. Yeah. And you're going to be somebody you're not, or have a belief that you don't normally have, or try to change your way of thinking, not on a productive way, but in a way that pleases the world, the culture. Yeah, so they're kind of like catfish. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I could see that. Like how, I mean, there's like a malice to catfish. We're talking about the catfish TV show slash movie, the really bizarre premise, <laughs> you know, but it's like a real thing yeah. where people like hide behind their social media profiles and they like just a lot of times you'll find that these stories start with wanting to be liked, mm -hmm. but then they turn into really bizarre stories um, oftentimes gender swapping and uh, just being like really malicious. Um, if you ever, yeah, if you ever want to take a trip down something really bizarre, check it out. It's on MTV. Um, but yeah, so kind of, yeah, kind of like that. Um, where were we? Uh, uh, they were talking about the social meter. Right. So this is like a way that you can gain your self-esteem um and uh it's basically uh a gauge telling you how you're doing in the right. social media world so it creates this attention-based economy and um that really alters the definition of secular truth it really alters like our relationship with the truth because it really uh is is no longer like tried and true and defined by um hard unchangeable facts that are like hard won and hard gotten. Mm -hmm. um, it's just quick, quick, quick. If we like it, then it's good. If we don't like it, then it's bad. Um, and if we hate it, then it's really bad. Then it gets canceled. Um, right. And then on top of that, once you put in the addition of the social dilemma on what we see from that, where you're going to get these um, random ads or whatever to, uh, to cater to what you're saying or putting out there that will even more give you this information that will fade to black the truth and it's just something that's going to please you with your eyes even if it's a lie yeah so okay so we spent the last you know 30 minutes sort of defining the problem it's a big problem it's pervasive problem it's giant in in its scope and it's inescapable in its reach um and so we're gonna go to a testimonial uh real quick here one of our pastors pastor james he was um vulnerable enough to share his own struggle with with tech addiction um so i don't know do we have that available yeah okay um, so this was posted, um, one of our little interns got the testimonial from him. So it, I mean, you can ask him more about it if you know who he is, but, um, basically this says that he used to stay up playing video games, um, before tech, tech addiction was actually a thing. He would stay up till 6 a.m. and go to sleep for a half an hour to an hour and a half and then go work for eight hours and then 
there was also, he also had an issue with a TV. Like there's a TV on in the room. He would just ha- like get glued to it and have to pay attention to what was on the television. And so it took him a long time to not just instantly get glued and to be able to focus on other things. Um, and how he was able to get better, I guess, is the way that it's worded on here was um, he stopped giving the video games or the tech TV, the control. And um, he allowed, he put those things in like proper perspective and he stopped letting them um, basically control his life. And he put them through the filter of God and yeah, use them more as like tools than I know what I would say is like crutches or something that he was addicted to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So James, if you're listening at some point, you will, you know, thanks for sharing that and for being vulnerable. Um, The reason why he's, he said that, you know, we could, we could share his name or, you know, be anonymous, whatever. But the reason why I wanted to share that is just, you know, to let people know, like, like this is something that is pervasive regardless of even generation. What James is talking about, he says, you know, before tech, tech addiction was a thing. That's not to say that it wasn't a problem that people suffered from. It's just before it was defined, um, as tech addiction. And, um, you know, and James is like very old. So I'm just kidding. He's not that old. Um, <laughs> he's not that old. Um, but, uh, you know, it was before that. And what we're seeing is that there are people who are uh, like straight up geriatric all the way to, you know, very, like young children who are exhibiting this. This is like beyond generation, um, beyond the generation you grew up in and beyond the age you're at uh, problem. This is like the accessibility is just, it's such a big thing. You know, adults put it into the hands of children, uh, older people who, who in very, in a very real sense, like my father, for instance, he's in his sixties. You can see him featured on truth time with pastor Monty. Um, but you know, uh, when he grew up, there was one television in a black and white or a black and white television in one room in your house. And now there's like multiple televisions in every house and, you know, um, you know, and we have our phones and stuff. So the point I'm making is, um, but you have people his age who literally just sit on their, um, screens. Like that's all they do. They sit on their screens. They pay attention to the news. They play Candy Crush or whatever game it is they play now. I don't know. I don't play games like that. My mom says she's a gamer because she plays games like that, but those aren't games in my mind. Mm. Solitaire? Right. Solitaire, whatever. Great game. um, Scrap, not Scrabble. Words up? Yeah. Words of friends. Yeah, something like that. Um, (laughs) In any case, it's it's, it's not that those games are the problem. I'm just saying, like, there are people who that's literally all they do for hours and hours and hours and hours. They take little breaks here and there, but that's like basically their life. Um, and maybe you're watching this and maybe that's a little bit convicting. Um, and 
you know, I, I guess what I want to say to that is, A, if it is convicting, then maybe there's some truth to it and it's a problem. And um, B, like you're not alone. It's, it's something that uh, it's going to be more and more struggled with and is a struggle and, you know, is a struggle even for one of our pastors. Um, it's something that he had to come to reckon with. Um, and I think that it's a continual thing. Um, the difficulty then lies in, in, in all of these things. What are we going to do with it? So um, there's a few questions that we have. The big one that always comes to the forefront um, is, you know, is it a sin? And I think that the, the easy answer to that is, uh, yeah, it's tech addiction is a sin. <laughs> is a sin. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things I want to impress upon you is it's not any more a sin than than um, any other thing in the sense that it's it's a deviation from what God plans. Like God doesn't want our He doesn't want us to go about our days mindlessly um, or to be stuck in a virtual world that He didn't create. Um, you know, He wants us to put our minds on serving him on doing things that matter like true ministry which is like ministering to people who are not able to take care of themselves um to the to the dejects of society the dejected of society and you can't do that if you're too busy trying to find the right word on words with friends or whatever you know trying to match the right diamond on candy crush is that a thing do they do that on candy Crush? diamonds diamonds are bejeweled Oh, bejeweled, man. I'm now I'm really dating myself. Um, you can't do that on if you're trying to figure out how to smoke the next, you know, 13 year old on. Um, <sighs> All right. Producer call Jasmine. of duty. Yeah. Call of duty. Yeah. Um, I don't play it. I just heard about it. Yeah. So that's going to be that's no Fortnite. Yeah. Fortnite. Fortnite. Um, oh, there you are. So. <laughs> that's like you have to live in in the real world and so yeah i think it is a sin on many levels one is not being a good steward of what you have which is you know this physical world that god gave you two is not following through with the what we call the cultural mandate which we find in the in genesis where it says go out and be fruitful and multiply right that's not about having sex although i do think that there is a correlation <laughs> between people who are tech addicted and people who maybe, you know, aren't multiplying. Um, so that, you know, anyway, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, the, the last one, which I think is probably the most important one is it's a worship issue, mm-hmm. right? When we're, oh, ta- yeah, when we talk totally. about addiction, that is the basis of addiction is the replacement of God for something else in your life. Yeah. It's I think uh I was just thinking about how when you're uh playing the Sims, you're literally acting as God, like controlling what these people are doing. But then in like a creative video game, sort of like Minecraft or something like that, um, or even just a game where you uh build your character. I play Diablo. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the essence of it. Uh, Which I just want to take a moment to gripe about because people talk about how, hold your thought, okay? Like, yeah. keep holding on to it. People talk about how Diablo is satanic because Diablo is like literally like Latin for Satan. But what they 
don't take into account is, yes, the content is dealing with Satan, but your job is to stop Satan in Diablo. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yes. So shout out to Diablo. It bugs me. But, so in those games, you um, are building up yourself in such a way where you're not thinking about um, your ministry with God. Um, That's idolatry. You're putting that game in the place of God to build up this this universe. Um, yeah, it could be idolatry, but it also could be um, a very, very tough sin to reconcile if you're going to build that complex. Um, it's denying God, ultimately. Yeah, it is when you it is when you use it to not do what he wants you to do. Yeah. If you can take the narrative of something and use it to glorify God, um, then I think that it is. I think that that's actually a very freeing narrative. I don't think that we have to be legalistic in it. I don't think there's any problem with playing a game like Diablo if you don't lose the fact that you are a Christian mm-hmm. in that process who is ultimately a disciple of Christ and you know. Um, following through with loving people correctly loving so loving people tenderheartedly and loving god wholeheartedly is more important than the next piece of armor that you get in that game and and living as if you are following christ is important in the game so making choices that you you know making choices toward the good because a lot of these games they give you the choice literally to like change your morality that's fable yeah fable in fable you actually grow uh, like devil horns and have certain powers if you act in a negative way. Right. And then you grow like angelic, um, like a halo and wings and stuff if you uh, act in a positive way. Um, that just sounds crazy. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. Those games are really good storytelling. Um, but if you live in those games, that's, you know, that begins to be a problem. Um, and like we, as a Christian, if you're doing that. And we have yeah. people who have developed whole virtual worlds to that end. And we're beginning to move in that direction even more. If we talk about the um, non-fung- non-fungible tokens, the NFTs that are like becoming a thing. Do you guys know what those are? No, no idea. It's like um, digital art that you can like you can track it's like every um move it's becoming a thing where people are like making digital art that uh it the long and short of it is um you know exactly where it came from and what hands it's gone through because of the way they make it so like if you make a copy of it it tells you what computer it was on before i've heard of that and it's this whole thing where people are doing that and they're um people are selling real estate like digital real estate in like fake worlds and people are like buying up digital real estate to live and to put in artwork in these like fake worlds. Um, okay. We're we, just talking over my head. Now. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Know. Well, even like things like uh, cash app or um, some of the, the new technologies that have opened up things like day trading, for instance, mm-hmm. where people are just checking their stocks all the time. You know, um, there's a lot of reasons to be on your devices and to feel like that is interacting with the real world. And if you are doing that to the point where you are not connecting with God's creation 
and you are not connecting with God. If it's more important to you to watch a football game, which, by the way, broadcasts on a screen, right? To watch a football game than to be in church. Or how about this? I'll give you a moral conundrum, like an even bigger moral conundrum. Um, It is better for you to watch a church service online so that you don't have to connect to the people at the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a problem. Um, And there is sin behind it. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and I think we, I think we have to call that what it is, uh, which is a worship problem. It's not wanting to, to worship God as he wants to be worshiped, but instead trying to make him on your own terms. Um, and that is going to be the case with any addiction, you know? Um, I think with food came to mind when you were reading about it being a tool, I think there's something about it being a tool, using it correctly. Food comes to mind in regard to that. Um, and how easy it is for people to turn food into an idol. And what's really like crazy about that is the effect, the, the physical effect that it has on a person to like alter them when they turn it into an idol. Um, but, uh, it's the same way with video games and movies and TV and so on and so forth. You know, these things are tools. We, we shouldn't have to avoid them. Mm-hmm. However, when we talk about how to break free, I think sometimes we need to avoid them. Um, I think Jesus is very clear that if a person is going to um, go to hell, <laughs> if a person is going to lose their soul in the process of, of their sin, then they, then they need to cut off their hand. Yeah. Um, so I want to be clear. He's not saying cut off your hand, but he's making the point like better to cut your hand off than your whole body off from God. Uh, and so sometimes what we need to do is, is do something radical. And sometimes that means detoxifying our life and cleansing it and getting rid of screens. Maybe that means you have to go out to the wilderness and, you know, go live in a cabin. Maybe it means that you need to have like a no screen time in your house policy or no screen time after this policy or that you simplify your gadgets and go to a, um, go to a, like a flip, flip phone, phone, you know, something Straight like up, that. Buy a Nokia and get a job at a farm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the point is sometimes if you want to free yourself from those things, you need to make radical changes. And certainly we've seen that there is somewhat of a push, you know, where people want to get off, get off the grid, as they say, um, to, to get away from, from those things. But yeah, sometimes you need to make radical changes. So, um, is it a sin to use those things? No, it's a sin to be addicted to those things. Right. So let's be clear about that. It is a sin to be addicted to those things. It's not a sin to use them. And if you are addicted to those things, first off, you need to understand that it might take a radical change and, um, you have to not be afraid of that. I don't know if you guys want to speak to that more or... Yeah, I just want to clarify, like you already did, but basically a telling sign is um, what you're failing to do while you're using those things. Yeah, absolutely. That's when it becomes a sin. And there's a an example where uh, this person who is addicted to video games um, is now having to reconcile between that and his marriage. 
And the reason why is because he spends so much time playing video games that his wife feels like she has to compete uh, for the husband's attention. Where did you pull this example from? That was from the... Um, Oh, just a second. Uh, the oh, it's from that little booklet, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's a book you were saying. Yeah, he's saying that there's this book that we were reading that has um, that has that example in it. But I can tell you, like, from my actual marriage counseling that I've done, I've come across circumstances where where that is a real source of contention, Mm -hmm. like an actual source of contention where I'm having to help people um, navigate the minefield of something as seemingly innocuous and benign as a video game. Um, It seems like it's not a big deal. Well, that's because you're looking at the tool. You're not looking at the, you're not looking at the, the use of the tool. Um, It's the same thing as a hammer. Like a hammer doesn't seem like a big deal until it's being waved by a, a lunatic right so you you gotta be you gotta be careful you know i'll point out you don't give a baby a hammer also by i'm saying also (laughs) until it's also or either a lunatic or an amateur (laughs) yeah that's why we don't give our kids our phones right um but yeah so how do you break free of it well first of all you uh you need to realize that it might require a radical change um secondly i would say that it is like anything um from a biblical standpoint from a biblical counseling standpoint you need to recognize that you have a problem you need to confess that problem and then you need to let god into that problem i think a lot of people who have this uh issue with technology in specific a don't realize they have a problem and i think we see that a lot they they just they don't realize you know um because it's just so pervasive in their world. It's like, how could this, you know, be a real thing? I, you know, I'm so tired, like in pastor James's, um, testimony, I think if you did the math there, he got basically an hour of sleep. Yeah. An hour to an hour and a half. Right. And so he comes home and he's like, just beat up, you know? And it's like, Oh, I feel so tired because now I'm putting words into his mouth, but I can imagine the circumstance of, I feel so tired. I had, you know, a hard day at work. Uh, my, my, like, I didn't like what I was doing. I was irritable, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe if you slept more than an hour, Mm -hmm. you know, like that it's, it's that sort of thing. Um, my wife is always getting on uh, my case because I like to watch TV at night, and we we as a as a unit have made sure to not let our kids watch TV right before we go to bed because of uh, what is it called? I can't remember the actual um, something about blue screen. Yeah, it's blue screen does something to your brain. I can't remember what it is, but it like makes you stay up later. Um, Please forgive us for not knowing more information. Yes. LED lights? No, it's not LEDs. <laughs> okay. It's late. I can't like recall these things so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it isn't, it isn't in my notes. Um, but it's in my head, in case you're watching with Shayla. Mm. It's in my head. <laughs> um, so in any case, but there there is truth to, to that, that these things do affect you. And mm-hmm. um, 
those things have to be taken into account when 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 you're dealing with these things. Um, so yeah, end up staying up later when you're using that blue light. Yeah, I, and there's and and so there are giant radical changes that need to be done. Um, but the smaller one, believe it or not, is maybe just realizing that you have a problem and then allowing God into it and confessing that and saying, you know, this, this might be bigger than me and I, I need you to help me with it. Um, you know, I, it's becoming a worship issue. Like I'm thinking about, I, I cannot tell you how many times I have come across in prayer um, a group, like while we're praying as a group, um, for various reasons, I have to have my eyes open at various times. Although I just want to say the Bible never tells us that we have to have our eyes closed when we pray. But um, I have, you know, come across people using their cell phones while we're praying. Mm. That That is like disjointed right like there's Mm -hmm. that's not there's something wrong with that yeah um so that i would say is like i would say that that is a point where a person needs to confess yeah my mind wasn't on god during this time and they need to repent of it and ask for god to take that from them and that might require something radical um there are also things that we can do to sort of band-aid um those things like well like we talk about like blue screen like um you can get like apps for instance that will change like the light on your screen like you can be conscientious um as a user of technology um so you know uh, like pretty much on all the devices uh, they've got some sort of like screen time thing for kids, you know, where uh, especially if you let your kid, God forbid, and I mean that seriously, you let your kid like have free access to a device, you can set it so that they only have so much time. Um, and that's positive. Um, like that you like you can be a conscientious user and set other people up for success for with being a conscientious user. So there there are things that you can do um, toward that end. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about pornography, and th- just like that, there's uh, pornography definitely falls into the line of this category where people become addicted to. Um, what they're able, what they're easily able to access on their screen, and um, there's apps that you can use to to combat that. You know that will help you with combating that. So there's ways that you can you can sort of uh, be conscientious and and help yourself out to use your tools in the correct way. But when it comes down to it, it is really an issue of confessing that you have that issue. And then repenting of that meaning, again, I know repent is like this trigger word for people. It's like, oh my gosh, you used that word. It's ancient and archaic, but it just means to turn, you know, the other direction. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say about that. And that's basically what the Bible says. And you know, be be keeping it in mind that if this is an issue that you have, like take it seriously, because it has real world effects like that's really what it comes down to like oh technology is no big deal well, that's not true it it has real world effects they're demonstrable 
the secular world views it as an epidemic and it's something that we need to take seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the questions that we got is how do I avoid tech addiction when there's a screen everywhere I look? That's a great question. Um, and for me, it's a question that I ask, uh, you know, because I have two soon two, you know, I, I have kids, you know what I mean? Um, and I think the answer to that is that you can't stop your child from looking at something. But what you can do is you can teach them how to look at something. And so I think that that applies to technology as much as it applies to media, like what we consume. It applies to what we eat, um, what we allow into our bodies. Like I can't teach them not to I, – I can't control their behavior, but I can give them a filter by which to understand it. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do you guys – what do you guys think about that? That is a real – that's a real issue. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like right now in this room, you can't see it. <laughs> you can't see it because we're in studio, right? You can see this screen behind us, but there's literally one, two, three, four. The screen behind us, so five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, eleven. Yeah, there's there's like there's screens everywhere uh, in this room alone, just to accomplish what we're accomplishing. You know, with you, who is literally watching this on a screen. So. <laughs> So it is unavoidable that the temptation is there because of the ease of it. What do you guys think? I would argue that probably everyone has some sort of tech addiction. Yeah. Interesting. My mind is... Or like anxiety. It's like if you Mm. think about a phone, like how much you have on that phone, if you took like all the apps out and all the different things out, you would just be overloaded like you'd have a calculator, you'd have an alarm, you'd have your calendar, like totally. it's just, you'd have all your friends. Like if you just took everything out of that one device and carried it around, like you wouldn't be able to move. Yeah. It's, it is overwhelming and it is a lot to think about, to have next to you, like, you know, 24 seven. I mean, I know people that just sleep with their phone, like right there. Yep. Mm hmm. What were you going to say, Jake? Um, Just from that point that you made, Josh, um, I know that in the past when I've watched um, uh, some podcasts, I would have other apps running too, like Facebook and stuff like that, um, where you would get these notifications. And while the podcast is going, I would check what the notification is and then continue watching the podcast. And I was right. like wondering how, um, just in this one episode, how many people got distracted on sure. other things that would deter them from focusing in on this exact topic. Sure. Yeah, I think, uh, like, I even have moments like that, you know, where it's like, I'm tired, and you're in the middle of the sermon, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I got to do this other thing. And I'm being a good steward if I'm just, you know, efficient with mm-hmm. it. While, while, while my fellow pastor is, you know, preaching on stage and like trying to share the word of God with me and everybody else, it's okay because I'm a pastor too. And, you know, and I need to be efficient. So I'm just going to pull up, you know, something quick on my phone and, you know, just check it out. 
But really what I'm doing is I'm taking myself out of that moment. I'm not mm-hmm. being present in that moment. I'm not doing right by God and I'm not doing right by, uh, well, like James, for instance, if he's preaching, which he, I think he preaches tomorrow or on, um, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. On mm-hmm. Sunday, uh, shameless plug. He's going to be preaching about music, about like music as an input and discernment, uh, with, with what we have there. Um, what I'm saying is it's when you say like everybody has this, uh, we're going to call it a temptation mm-hmm. to step outside the moment. I think that that's true. And so I think that this is what, if you want to help somebody, don't sensationalize the fact of it. Um, I think that sensationalizing it and being like, you have a tech addiction and it's a problem, um, not to be cliche, but it's like, you know, what is it? Your three fingers pointing back at you or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I think you should realize that we, we all face the same temptation because this is so prevalent because technology is so prevalent. I think that what we need to do is we need to give the right filters and we need to teach people to look at technology with the correct filter. So it's useful in so far as it doesn't take us away from God. Mm-hmm. It's useful in so far as it doesn't um, encourage us to sin or encourage us to detach from other human beings and so on and so forth. Um, if we have the right mentality about technology, then I don't think that we'll have to worry anymore so much about having screens Um and then it's about, you know, doing right by, I guess, the science of it, um, not not uh, creating systems, you know, where we're like literally doping ourselves up um, with likes and, and so on and so forth. And you see it all the time, the toxic culture. You're hearing all the time that this celebrity like deleted their account or whatever, right? Because... Um, the culture was too toxic or whatever. I can tell you, um, like from my standpoint, like I have a couple different social media accounts because I have various things that I do. Like I have a band with producer Jasmine um, and I don't even monitor that feed because I want to make sure that what I make in my music is because I want to make music and not because I want uh, like a dopamine shot. Mm-hmm. So I have a specific filter by which I look at things. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, but when it comes down to it, it has to be that you have the correct filter, but if you can't just alter the way that you look at things, um, and that's going to include confessing that this is a real issue that you're struggling with. Maybe you're living victoriously with it, but you're still struggling with it. Um, and that we all struggle with it because of its accessibility. Uh, and you can't just change your behavior in it, like turn around from that behavior and start using your technology differently by using a God-based filter where you're thinking about God first. Um, you know, that you're, you're checking your Bible app instead of checking your Instagram when you, you know, the first thing in the morning, like people do. Um, If you can't put God first in those things, then I think the scripture calls for a radical change. And that's just, that's just that. 
It calls for a radical change where you have to be bold enough and brave enough to say, because I recognize this is a problem, I'm going to do something about it um, because it has a real uh, it has a real effect on my relationship with God, has a real effect on my relationship with other people, and it's actually having a quantifiable effect on my life. Um, so it needs to be treated seriously. We should probably wrap up. Where, where are you guys? Anything else you want to say? No, no, feel good about it. Yeah, I can't really think of anything. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Can't think at all. (laughs) All right. Stop Um, me before I go on another tangent. Right. Okay. Well, um, we have one more show for this set of shows. It's going to be next week. Next week at 9.30, we're going to be talking about kind of a rather big uh, topic. Again, I feel like we're kind of just ramping um, in these topics. Last week, we talked about social anxiety, anxiety kind of in general. And now we're talking about tech addiction. And next week, we're going to be talking about pornography, which is a big topic. It's kind of a no-no topic. Um, I just, I don't know. Like last week I said that Justine was cooking a baby. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's kind of a topic that churches don't seem to want to talk about. Very true. Um, just sex in general. Sex in general, but specifically I feel like pornography yeah. is like this topic where people like, it's a dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's a big topic. Um, and we're going to tackle it next week as as good as we can in an hour. I'm sorry, guys. Like, like we're dealing with, like, really big topics, and I feel like we're just scratching the surface of them. So yeah. if you guys have questions, comments, um, please be kind to us, first, first off. And then secondly, like, you know, let's talk about them. Um, just because the show is done for tonight doesn't mean that we can't have that conversation. Uh, and that leads me to you know, closing up. If you want to reach out because of what you've heard here tonight, you can email, you can text us. Our staff is always available to pray, to talk, or to answer questions. And we actually do that outside the show each Monday night from 9 to 10.30. From 9 to 10.30, Monday nights, we are available to uh, to talk, to pray, or to um, answer questions, you know, as best we can. So those are our office hours. So feel free to reach out. Remember, if you want to donate to us, that's available too. Um, you can find out more about that at abfpdx.org. And just, you know, if this is a topic of conversation you want to broach, um, please feel free to share this video with anybody who you feel like might need it. And... Um, and then if you are somebody who's like thinking about it, you're watching this video and you're like, yeah, this is, this is me. Um, or this might be me. Uh, I would just encourage you to pray about it, um, to seek out, uh, fellow believers or, or a pastor. Um, and remember like, you're not the only person who, who has this issue, who has these temptations. So, um, remember to, and you can do that with us too, for the record. Like if that's, if you're having that, like we may not know you, but you can, you can call us. Um, so yeah, the number of course is on your screen. It's nine, seven, one, two, zero, eight, five, two, nine, zero. So you can call us and, and, um, we'll talk to you. 
so yeah, do that on Monday nights. Please share the video and remember to subscribe and to hit the notification bell so that you can be um, updated to when the next video is that we're going to talk about. Um, remember that the next episode that we are going to talk about is on pornography and that is a pervasive issue that nobody really wants to talk about it seems like. And so there's probably somebody in your life that you can uh, let know that we're going to be talking about these things. Mm -hmm. Also, be aware that we have other shows that we are doing on the VRN. We have Truth Time with Pastor Monty. It airs every uh, Tuesday. Um, there was a new Heart Scribe Bible study that I just did that was dropped uh, just a couple days days ago i think on saturday and this saturday we're doing culture insanity pastor monty and pastor adam will be talking with a pastor from outside of our church um and they'll be talking about pop culture and there's a lot to talk about always so all that said um good night stay healthy stay vigilant and cue the disclaimer the views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship.